0: Is it Sunday yet? Almost. Welcome into the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Derek Logan, joined by Not Your Average Joes, Joe Mason, Joe Beldner. And this time around, it is almost Sunday because we're recording on a new night and time. Uh, We're recording on Thursdays now. It's going to be our regular time now. Uh, Regular day of the week. It's October 20th. It's actually my birthday. I'm getting old. I'm 31 years old. I have have gone well beyond the running back age cliff. Unfortunately, I am uh, a washed up football player at this point, although I never was much of a football player anyway beyond the backyard growing up. However, We got football tonight. We got plenty to talk about. We got dogs and logs from the previous week because we still want to talk about it because it impacts the following week. We have some uh, start-sit questions from Twitter that Joe collected that we're going to go through. We got hits and misses through week six. We want to talk about guys that we were thinking about drafting in the pre-draft process. We want to acknowledge the ones that we missed on but also celebrate the hits that we've had so far. And then we'll go into matchups for the following week. This week, week seven, we got some bye weeks that are really impactful across the league. And finally, we'll wrap it up with some dynasty discussion, particularly talking about some running backs that have seen their value plummet and change a lot since we uh, got, got the season started. So without further ado, how are we doing, Joes?
1: I'm doing well. Uh, happy birthday, Derek. We got to start calling you like Cordero Patterson or something at 31. <laughs> But, yeah,
0: it's, uh, yeah. I'm getting yeah, up there, I, but I'm always going to be younger than Tom Brady.
1: Mhm. But uh <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you know this, but me and Mason are actually playing each other in Dynasty this week. So it's the first time in our Dynasty league that one of us is going to be facing off each, against each other. So I we'll actually looked ahead,
0: Veldner, I looked ahead at when we're playing each other and it's an absolute bipocalypse for you and I'm pretty psyched about it. Oh no. Like wow. you got all all your best players are out.
1: Time to make some
2: <laughs> trades. <laughs> But uh, how you doing, Mason? I'm doing good. Uh, just a lot going on with bye weeks, injuries. I feel like every week I'm kind of just amazed at how many people are questionable or already ruled out before the games have started. So it's good to be on top of the news and uh, just on top of everything going on right now with uh, football.
0: All right. as I mentioned, we're going to get started with some dogs and locks from week six. So uh, we'll do it briefly because obviously you've had some time to digest this info. But the ones that we picked, uh, we picked because we had some things to talk about that have impacts beyond just the the previous week. So why don't you get it started, Mason? Let's get started with Mason. Who was your dog for this week?
2: Yeah, my dog this week is a guy that I liked preseason a lot, and that's Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, I like to call him Ramondre, Ramondre the Rumbler. I hear people call him Ramondre the Giant, but. Um, when he gets going, man, when they start feeding him, he, he loves to have some great fantasy relevant games. Um, you know, he put up 19 carries for, uh, for 76 yards and two touchdowns and still had five targets for four catches for 15 yards. So you love to see it uh, came out to, you know, about 25 points. If you're playing mega negligible scoring, which is half PPR and they do 0.1 per attempt. So uh, yeah, Ramondre is showing up. If you snag him in the late rounds, it looks like you know you got an RB one going forward. And I got him against Joe Beldner this week. So hey, yo, there we I go. got him another
1: league, so I'll be rooting for him and rooting against him. But yeah, and no, I love Ramondre. I, I call him Ramondre the Giant, and uh, yeah. I'm loving what we're seeing the last two weeks. Mm-hmm.
2: Let's see, uh, Beldner. You
0: want to get? What do you got, Beldner? Yeah,
1: I got you. Uh, so I'm going to talk about my other running back on a team because I have Ramondre on the same team. Uh, we're going to talk about Kenneth Walker the III. Um, this past week before uh, Sunday, we saw him get the opportunities because Rashad Penny went down, and uh, he, he broke off for that amazing touchdown where he really showcased his speed. But um, this was the first time we really saw him get the start, and he was on the field for 69% of snaps. Nice. And uh, he had 21 carries for 97 yards, one touchdown. And he got three targets, caught two of them for 13 yards. And uh, going into the game, I know a lot of people were kind of iffy about DJ Dallas, um, how much he's going to cut in uh, to the workload. And he was on the field for only 34% of snaps. He had two carries for one yard. And most importantly for me, he had zero targets.
0: Yeah, that was brutal. Uh, Brutal brutal. brutal if
1: you had to play him for whatever reason.
0: And I did. I did play him. I know. But, I mean, (laughs) my other option was like, I think I flexed him over Elijah Moore. Yeah. <laughs> so good, we got point, like, idea. point, decimal point more than Elijah Moore. So it is what it is.
1: Well, you got to put me in a bad mood talking about Elijah Moore. Today. And we'll
0: get to that. We'll certainly get to the Elijah Moore talk because Joe is the Jets fan. We'll have plenty to say on that, as will we. Um, but my dog this week uh, is Mike Kosicki, which I just wanted to bring him up because we had talked about him before. About a dynasty potential target. I think mm-hmm. we talked about that on the show. Joe, Mason, Mason did I talk about that last week?
2: Show.
0: Or was that just side combos? Oh, I think you did. I think I did. It was after you left, Joe. Oh, word. yeah, I nailed it. I nailed I to- it. Cause... I totally listened to that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I mentioned Mike Kosicki as somebody that is definitely a hold for me in dynasty and maybe a buy. And uh, I didn't expect it to pay off that soon because I was thinking that. He would be on a different time, a t- different team before he started producing. But he he blew up and was the tight end one on the week. He had two touchdowns, a terrible gritty, and um, he looked pretty good. However, I will say that I say this with a grain of salt that um, I don't feel confident starting him still. I think I am this week in a like, three wide receiver, two flex, tight end premium dynasty league this week. But other than that, I don't want to – start him at my one-off tight end position if I can get something better. But right now there really isn't that much better. So if you're taking a shot at a guy, Mike Kosicki, you can do much worse than Mike Kosicki. In a, in a 12-man league, he might be on waivers. He, he likely is. If not, I mean, he probably got picked up maybe. But, like, in general, Mike Kosicki had a really good game, two touchdowns again. Um, and with Tua coming back, maybe we see some momentum build with him. Um, but I don't think I have too much confidence starting him, but I just want to give him props as a dog of the week.
2: Yeah. What do you guys think about? Like, I mean, it seems like every year in the NFL, we hear about, you know, like guys moving at the trade deadline, but I know with the salary cap and everything with like dead cap money, moving guys, like it seems like it never really happens. Like it's supposed to, right. It's always mm-hmm. pretty low key, but a I lot mean, of people in trade talks now.
0: Yeah, I mean, with CMC, he's got a lot of money on that contract. But with, with uh, Gasicki, he's on the franchise tag this year. So you're really only looking at the the hit of this year. I don't think it really imp- – it doesn't impact next year at all, mm-hmm. to my, at least my understanding of the cap. Um, and I saw something that he might be traded in, like, the next two days. Like, it's yeah, progressing.
1: Jack- Jacksonville, I think, was a rumored team.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. it's a I don't CMC. hate that. Little Hasn't young it. young quarterback, I mean Evan Ingram, yeah. what was his contract? One year probably?
2: Something like that. Yeah. yeah, CMC I, I, has an out after this year too. Most people don't know that. Um okay. I was looking at his contract cuz he's rumored to go to the Niners and I hope we don't trade for him, but <laughs> 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 Yeah.
0: But yeah, um my dog was uh, Mike Kosicki, so I we prefaced it with the Elijah Moore talk, but I bur- I just stole the stole the thunder a little bit, but Who's your log this week, Joe Belner?
1: Uh, So my log is not just Elijah Moore, but the entire uh, Jets pass catchers. Basically, um, if you don't have Brees Hall, you're not starting a single Jet right now. And that kind of sucks because the first three weeks of the season when Joe Flacco was the quarterback, you could start Garrett Wilson. Um, Elijah Moore wasn't great, but he wasn't giving you goose eggs on zero targets like he did this past week. Um, Conklin was relevant and Corey Davis was a lot better than he's doing now. Um, the Jets are three and zero with Zach Wilson. So as a Jets fan, I'm very, very happy. I'm a lot happier than Elijah Moore is, but, um, you look at the stats since Zach Wilson has come back, Elijah Moore has had, uh, four catches. He had 13 prior in the three games with Flacco. Garrett Wilson, five catches, 18 prior Conklin, four catches, 18 prior. Even Brees Hall, who's been amazing uh, the last couple of games, he had six catches, and then he had thirteen in three games with Flacco. Um, I looked at the numbers with Flacco versus Wilson. Flacco threw 155 times, um, 91 completions. Wilson was 42 to 75. So you're just looking at drastic number differences. Um,
0: yeah, Conklin's irrelevant now. It's mind blowing. It's hard to I'm, see. <laughs> I was so excited happy
2: about I him. I and dropped him uh, when yes. the time was right. But yeah, I was worried that like uh, the QB change that something might something sometimes like something always happens, right? Where they have a new favorite target or something, but, but
0: Conklin had all those reports in camp that he had really good connection with Zach Wilson. So it is disappointing to see it not translate to the games yet. At least
1: it's not yeah, not enough completions period for yeah. anyone to be relevant. But, um, you know, like I said, as, as a fan of the jets, I'm happy he's not turning over the ball. He looks very competent. He's, Brees Hall has been money. Defense looks great. But uh, in terms of fantasy, all these guys have really become a wash. And uh, if you're not dropping them, they're, they're on your bench. Like, I wouldn't drop Garrett Wilson because I still think he has a lot of potential if they start throwing the ball more. But – um, and I wouldn't drop Elijah Moore with this trade request just in case something happens. But I, I definitely understand the frustration if you're rostering him.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, the only team I have him in is a 14-teamer, and I'm holding him for now just because – Like, the depth out there isn't great anyway. Mm -hmm. But if I was in a 12-man league, I'm totally okay dropping Elijah Moore right now because even if he does get traded, it's going to take some time to adjust. And there's just as likely a chance that he gets traded to a team where he's just, like, sitting on the bench for a while anyway. Although, I mean, yeah, he's probably better than Robbie Anderson, right? And we're kind of hoping that he does something on the Cardinals already. I don't know. He's it stinks because I traded out. for Elijah Moore, and now I'm just like suck. I just stuck with him. I don't want to. When you trade for a guy, you really don't want to cut him if you he's really, not hurt. It really hurts. Out. It hurts to do that. Who's yeah. Your log? Yeah. Who wants to go first? Mason, you want to? Yeah, I'll take. Talk one. about your boy.
2: So my my log is Jeff Wilson. You know he was uh, one of the big pickups after Week One after Eli Mitchell got hurt. And he's done really good for you if you lucked out and snagged him. You know, he was RB14 in um, week two, and then he was RB27, RB17, RB11, and then he puts up RB66 numbers, only gets half a point against Atlanta, which looked like a really good matchup. You know, you think – you thought – most people thought the Niners were going to be ahead. They're going to run uh, run Wilson, you know, use, to use him to run out the clock. And it just really uh, – the game kind of got away from the 49ers and they stopped using him. so – uh he is it just really i had him on a few teams and it really hurt me this week to only get half a point from my rb2 spot it's brutal
0: yeah cuz i mean plenty of people did worse i mean or i mean not many people did worse that were <laughs> in your lineups with 0.5 points but i mean we're talking about guys that had upward up potential and like a high projection that didn't uh, deliver on that i mean There are plenty of players that do nothing every week, but we're not going to be talking about them. But my log, who had been doing something, but the writing was kind of on the wall that this was going to happen, is CEH only had 3.3 half PPR points last week in week six. So he's my log of the week because you've been happily surprised to see him putting up RB1, RB2 numbers consistently this season. However, when you looked at the numbers, he was really reliant on touchdowns. He's not even on the field that much. He doesn't have any kind of bell cow workload or snap share. And so it's starting to catch up to CEH. Uh, He only had 3.3 this week. And before that, he only had, I think, about five points the week before. And so uh, I think this is going to be kind of more of the same for CEH, unfortunately, as we move forward uh, through the season is there's going to be games where he really just uh, he leaves you holding the bag. And so uh, I just want to draw the attention that he was a RB1 weeks 1 and 2, an RB2 week 3, RB1 week 4. In the last two weeks, he's been outside of the top 36 at the position. And if you really look at RB position, falling outside the top 36 is kind of hard because the top 36 is deep. I mean, if you look at week 6, the the 36th uh top score in week six was in the fives. Tyler Algier was a top 36 running back with 5.1 points. So to fall outside of that threshold is pretty disappointing, uh, especially when you're you're just starting CH. But other guys that didn't really put up numbers that you wanted from them, we had MVS drop a goose egg. Jeff Wilson, as we mentioned, 0.5. Melvin Gordon only had eight yards rushing, no receptions. Tyler Higbee was banged up, scored under two points. So did Kareem Hunt. Devin Duvernay didn't do anything. Uh, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, Mike Williams, Dallas Goddard, DK Metcalf, Taysom Hill, and then Justin Herbert at quarterback put up under 10 points, which is really not what you want to see from your starting quarterback. However, a new segment that I wanted to bring up today is our, we mentioned it last week, kind of alluded to it, our Rabbit Pooper of the Week. A guy that doesn't make the regular log section, but after several weeks of poor performance, is like an honorary log. And that guy for me this week is Deontay Johnson. The last three weeks, he scored 3.2, 8.5, and 6.1. 8.5, like fine, whatever. That's not going to sink you, but he's consistently scoring under 10 half PPR points. And you got you got you got this guy in the draft to hopefully be like wide receiver two, wide receiver three. With the potential to be a wide receiver one, because he was a wide receiver one last year, and it has not—it hasn't worked out. Unfortunately, I'm the guy who thought he was going to put up wide receiver one numbers and was hoping for that. Maybe he figures it out with Pickett as they as they uh, get chemistry built, but so far, so not good for our rabbit pooper of the week, Deontay Johnson. No
1: good.
2: Yeah, he's been (laughs) on like the wrong side of. I feel like what the analysts call like regression, where like he's due for a touchdown, right? I know he's dealing with the rookie quarterback, but I just flipped him in a redraft league for Keenan Allen. Like I sent it to the guy two weeks ago and he's like, "No, Keenan will be back. And then he, he didn't get, he didn't have a receiver for two weeks. And then he finally was like, all right, I'm ready to move on. Like, and so I'm pretty happy with it. Hoping Keenan comes back and can do some good stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, he can be fine in a PPR league, full PPR, but in half PPR, Deontay Johnson's value right now is like not non-existent because even if he has like five receptions, he's he's averaging like 30, 40 yards a game. And so he's going to get those uh, short depth of target receptions and it's not going to cut it in a half PPR league where you're not getting that volume of points just from like seven receptions. But anyway, that's our dogs and logs segment. Now we're going to move to some Twitter questions that Joe got today. So fire away with some start sits, Joe.
1: All right. Yeah, no, we got more than I expected. So uh, we're going to go through these relatively a quick. A rapid fire. Oh, rapid fire. But uh, the first one's from bright04. And he said, at, if, if they don't specify what if it's PPR or standard or 0.5, I always do half PPR. But, um he said, at Flex, do I start Ken Walker Kenneth uh, Kenneth Walker, the uh, third, Cooper, or Pittman? For me, it would be between Pittman and Kenneth Walker, and I would actually lean Kenneth Walker. What about you guys?
0: I mean, props to that guy for even having that decision, those are three solid options. I, um, I, wish. I think I think I lean Ken Walker for the touchdown upside. Uh, it's gonna be a high scoring game. They're playing the Chargers. And that's the highest over under on the week. So I lean Ken Walker in that, in that, depending on the scoring setting. I mean, I think, I think regardless of scoring setting, I'm probably leaning the upside of Ken Walker. When you're looking at a flex, you want that boom opportunity. And I think Walker provides that.
2: Yeah, I think they talked about it on the footballers too, but like the Seahawks offense is just really surprising so far, you know, like Mm -hmm. in a good way. So Uh, Yeah, I like what you said, Joe, between Pittman and Walker, and uh, I probably lean Walker as well.
1: Okay. Uh, The next one is from Lucas. He said, I need a flex. Romeo Dubs, uh, Swift, Brandon Cooks, Kirk, or Gallup? Um, Here, I'd probably be looking between Swift, Brandon Cooks, and Kirk, and I would go with Swift in his first game back from injury. Not the best matchup, but – He's by far the most talented player of the group, and I would start my stud. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that it, was a lot of names. <laughs> Way too was, many names. This can, is what I'm used
2: to. Could you read them one more time, Joe?
1: Yeah, I got you. It's uh, Romeo Dubs, Swift, Brandon Cooks, Kirk, and Gallup.
2: Yeah, I'd probably lean Swift too, although his injury makes me nervous, even though he had the bye week. Um, you hope he's not on a snap count. I'd lean him, or, him or, Dub, or, or Dubs for that one.
0: Yeah, I think the – I mean, Swift, I agree Swift is probably the best option. The wild card there for me, did you say Brandon Cooks was an option?
2: Yeah, he would
1: be my second.
0: I think Brandon Cooks is the sneaky answer there that you might consider because the Raiders have been terrible against passing attacks. And so I think there's a pretty decent shot that Brandon Cooks gets into the end zone this week.
1: Agreed. All right, the next one is – I don't even know what account this is, but he, he asked me questions a lot. It's 5-1 and one Hodgins season. Um, He has Deontay Johnson or Pittman, and is Pickens better than Johnson? So I am saying Pittman for sure. I like the matchup versus Titans. I don't think we really need to get into it because uh, we talked about rabbit poop prior.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I I still think that Johnson is better than Pickens if you want a consistent guy that you could put in your lineup.
1: Especially if Mitch is playing.
0: Yeah, Um, but Pickens – it's tough because Pickens, I think, could have like that hundred yard game with a touchdown, but Johnson is gonna give you the floor of like what I said, like the six points, the eight points, no matter what, with the potential to maybe get a touchdown and get like twelve to fourteen. What do you think, Mason?
2: Yeah, Pittman had sixteen targets last game, and I think they're gonna definitely air the ball out against Tennessee this week. Mm-hmm. So I think right. Pittman.
0: Oh no, I mean we all agreed Pittman over Johnson, but he has is Pickens better than Johnson.
2: Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I think uh, no, but uh, definitely Deontay's better. But I think you could definitely tell that there's some chemistry between the new rookie quarterback and George Pickens. Like he's always ninety-nine percent open, right? So their
1: last names are way too similar. Yeah, I mean, it helps when <laughs> you
0: just shove your DB at the line.
1: Yeah, he's physical.
0: <laughs>
1: All right, next question is from Gallon Beats. He needs three of them: Sutton, Metcalf, Ayuk, Higgins. Um, I will be going with Sutton, Metcalf, and Higgins, and sitting Ayuk.
0: Yeah, I tough agree between there.
1: Sutton and Ayuk, but um, you know, you look at last week with Ayuk going off and Sutton having a quiet game. But uh, I just think Sutton's pretty important to that offense, and uh, I'd be semi comfortable starting him after the dud.
0: If, if, uh, if for whatever reason Russell Wilson does not play, though, you're not starting Sutton because. I agree. That offense well, will be treacherous.
1: There's a second part to the question that's actually okay. Okay. Get worse. The offense could get worse. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> His second part of the question is Melvin Gordon or A.J.
2: Dillon?
0: Oh man, these are good a. questions.
2: AJ Dillon's had a rough stretch, but I, I would lean him. I just think it's gonna be a three headed monster for Denver. They're just yeah. gonna feed whoever.
1: I've seen some people saying that Aaron Jones is a good trade uh target because he's been kind of slow. But I actually think that A.J. Dillon's a pretty good trade target right now for the second half of the season. I can see him picking things up.
0: Yeah, if uh, – let's see. How's the – has the Jets' defense is okay. So Melvin Gordon's not a great option. and Neither is Dillon because I'm looking at the weather here for the Washington game and it's supposed to be potentially raining, um, which might be good for the rushing offense, but it could just yeah. end up being sloppy. Aaron Rodgers has, like, that thumb injury. So I don't – my gut says A.J. Dillon – even though Gordon might have that like, bounce back game where all the talk is about him not getting enough work and then he just puts all those rumors to bed and has 100 yards and a touchdown. But or I go fumbles. with the better team and the better offense, and that's A.J. Dillon.
1: Agreed. All right. I can't say this <laughs> name on uh, the podcast, so we're just going to call him John Hancock. <laughs> uh, all right, so he said in a tough spot this week. You you sound like you are um, with Digs and Jets on by pick two, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Wandale Robinson, and Hunter Renfro. Ooh, this one's pick actually two. tough.
0: I I lean um, R- Wandale yep. and Peoples. I say DPJ and keep. I mean Renfro's done nothing yet, and both of those guys have at least done something. Um, Renfro's done nothing except actually lose them a game so far. Uh, my only hesitation is that Darren Waller hasn't been practicing. And so if Darren Waller doesn't play Renfro might be in for some high volume, but I mean that might just as easily go to all to Devonte Adams.
1: Yeah. So DPJ has been pretty nice the last couple of weeks. So I would have him as an automatic. Um, if Waller's out, I would go Renfro over Robinson, but if Waller's in, I would, uh, put in Wandale, hope that his snap count increases after having a good week. And, uh, yeah, and they're it's, playing it's the Jags. Yeah.
0: So Jaguars, they haven't really been stopping as much. I mean, they gave up a ton of yardage to the Colts last week. So the Giants could have capitalized on that.
2: Yeah, I'd probably, sit, I'd probably sit Renfro. You know, DPJ is the, you know, he's up there in the 80% snap share. He's the easy, you know, number two on the offense. Not that Renfro isn't for receivers, but I also lean – Wondell, I'm a fan of chasing the points and then going with DPJ.
1: All right. We, we've got a bunch of questions. I don't know how many we want to get to. but Let's uh, do three more. Okay. Yeah, the rest of you, if you're listening and uh, we can <laughs> answer your question, then uh, I'll definitely get back to it on uh, Twitter. So no worries. But uh, the next one's from Joe Sparrow. This one's pretty good. Uh, he said, do we know something about Dobbins? Uh, should I go Drake? If he's a no-go or just say effort and throw the jones still in combo
2: yeah so mm. his his knee tightened up during the game he hasn't mm-hmm. practiced i I think today's report said he didn't practice as well um
0: yep, another dmp yeah uh
2: gus edwards is practicing so edwards gus edwards could be back um i think leaning towards dobbins not playing this week so uh Drake as a start, although he's interesting, makes me a little nervous with Gus coming back too, because like you know how much the Ravens love Gus Edwards.
0: And I would actually add, I think more impactful than Gus Edwards at this point is that Justice Hill is practicing without limitations. And before he got hurt, he was playing between thirty and fifty percent of the snaps. And so with Justice Hill back, I think he's the guy who's going to cut into the Kenyan Drake workload, and it could just be a muddied mess. And Because I think the only reason that Kenyon Drake had such a big production and involvement in the offense last week was by necessity. I mean, I guess Mike Davis, you could have thrown him in there, but, like, uh, once Dobbins was out of the game, it was like, well, who else do we give the ball to? And the answer mm-hmm. is Kenyon Drake. It's not but like have that many carries. Yeah. This week it could be Kenyon Drake, Justice Hill, maybe Gus Edwards, maybe Mike Davis. I don't think they'll have four running backs active, but um, – yeah, I think I would actually lean the Jones-Dillon combo.
2: Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'd be okay starting both. It's, you know. It's, by, I mean,
0: your opponent might have bye week. Like, yeah. heck. I mean, H-E-double-L. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep.
1: All right, these these next three I'm going to do really quick. Um, If you guys disagree, just say say it real quick. But uh, okay. Gibson or Hunt, this one's from Sejave Matos, and I would be going Kareem Hunt and hoping uh, for a bounce-back week. Yep. And agrees. Yeah.
0: I lean that way, too. Uh,
1: from Stefan, or Stefan, uh, he's asking, Pitts or Dolchich PPR? I love Dolchich, <laughs> but I'd be going Pitts. I'd
0: go Pitts. Oh, man. Yeah. It feels gross, but i still go Pitts, even though no. his route participation is not great.
1: This one we might disagree on. This one's from Owen. Uh, Travis Etienne or Robio Dubs. At Flex, I'd be going Etienne. Etienne.
0: Um. Mm, yeah I'd still probably go ETN against the Giants
1: uh, Troy Carr he was asking Eno or Najee I got back to him already because of Thursday Night Football I said I'd go Najee yeah same yeah
0: Najee okay alright last uh, one
1: last one
0: Let's
1: last one good one.
0: one drum roll
1: yeah, this one's easy. Jeffrey, Kenyon, Drake, or Jacoby Myers. I go Jacoby Myers. Uh, was a good one. Yeah. All right, this one might be good. Okay. So from RD Cap Two, he was asking Taysom Hill or Pitts this week.
2: <laughs>
0: I would
1: actually risk it with Taysom Hill with the quarterbacks a little banged up in a good matchup against Arizona.
0: Yeah, it's things that you have to you have to pull the trigger tonight. And I was in a similar situation where I have Waller and I'm like, I gotta. Just kind of chase the points there, and hopefully Taysom has a good game. I threw him into my tight end slot over Waller, so we'll see. If it was a
2: redraft, I mean, this is a redraft, so yeah. Could I physically put Taysom Hill over Pitts in my lineup? I could not do that. <laughs> it would be hard. I'm starting right. him tonight. I'm starting nice. Mr. Hill. There we go.
0: Thank you for the questions, y'all. Keep, yeah, like, bring it Bring it next week. All right, so – Let's talk hits and misses through week six. We got plenty. We got plenty of hits, though, too. I want to point that out. So why don't you bring us your hits, Belner? We won't take too long on this because, I mean, we talk about these players every week. But let's, t- let's toot some horns of our own. <laughs>
1: Always fun to do. A lot more than the misses, and I've got plenty of those as well. But, um, yeah, the basic, basically the method I did for hits was just looking at all three of our rankings and seeing where I was either the highest or lowest, uh, most correct on the season. And then also just like the uh, general public's opinion, if I had a unpopular opinion, then uh, I went with that. So I'm going to talk about two quarterbacks that I was lower on than consensus. Uh, The first one was Kyler Murray. I had him as the QB seven and uh, I had concerns without Deandre Hopkins. I just had concerns about the whole offense, the offensive line. Um, They got off to such a quick start last year and then they really fell off. So, um, I thought it was going to be more like the second half of the season than the first half. And so far, if you look, I think he's like the QB six on the year, but after the top five quarterbacks, it really gets pretty ugly. Um, it's pretty, pretty drastic fall off in terms of points. Then the other one, uh, I was very vocal about it was Tom Brady being the QB nine. I still have him on a team. I traded him away from the other, but, uh, I w I was very low on him. Um, all through the preseason. And then all of a sudden it's draft day and you are taking (laughs) different positions and you see it's either like Tom Brady or Derek Carr and you're taking Tom Brady. You would've been
0: better off taking Marcus Mariota at this point, which is funny.
1: Pretty much. Um, And then two guys that I was higher on than uh, you two when we were going through the rankings was uh, Nick Chubb at RB14. He's the RB2 on the year. Uh, I wish I was higher because RB14 honestly is not doing it justice. And then David Njoku, I was higher on uh, by a decent margin. I had him as my tight end 14, and he is the tight end seven on the year. So a couple of decent hits, a couple of decent misses coming up too, but uh, what about you, Mason? Who do you got?
2: Yeah, so some of the guys that I hit on that I was high, probably the highest on out of us three um, that are overperforming, Ramondre, I was – Let me see where I had him. I was the highest on him. Um, He was at, I had him at 25. Um, He's obviously an rb one right now. And then I was also highest on Amon Ra. Um, Actually I'm almost spot on. He's wide receiver 20. I had him at wide receiver 19 and he has missed a game. So pretty uh, spot on there with Amon Ra. And then uh, I was also higher on Waddle, but I was a lot lower on Tyreek. I was the lowest on Tyreek. And so those kind of offset, you know. Um, but Waddles having a great season so far. Um, so those are those are the three guys that that I hit on that that overperformed. Now some guys that I hit on that are underperforming. I was low on DJ Moore, low on Terry McLaurin, and low on Montgomery. Um and uh, and Najee. So I, I was cried on I was right on those guys. Uh kind of was thought their value was a little bit uh a little, little too high draft capital wise for me to go in on those guys.
0: All right, let's uh let's toot my own horn. I've got I had Goddard and Ertz both over Darren Waller, and Darren Waller has severely underperformed. Both, I mean, he got hurt, but like that's kind of a cop out. He wasn't doing much before that, anyway. Uh, I also had Tyreek at wide receiver number four, that which, was a good one, which uh, for reference. Joe B. had him at 8, and Mason had him at 16. And so me having him at 4, which was, I think he is wide receiver 4 right now. Yeah. Uh, so far, so good there. I was still high on him. Uh, ironically, I really don't have him on any teams, though. <laughs> Just because... Uh, you
1: want him in Dynasty? Uh,
0: not really. Um, <laughs> I, I was also the highest on Saquon and Brees Hall. Uh, but apparently not enough, because I had Saquon at RB10. And obviously he's top three right now Um, and then I had Brees as RB 12 I think Um, 13 and he's in the top 12 right now so uh, I was highest on both those guys I got clowned a little bit for it but so far so good on those on those takes and I was also low on Elijah Moore um, who we talked about earlier I had him at wide receiver 60 he kept kind of falling down my rankings and at the time, I was like, maybe I should reevaluate re- that. But so far, he's in the 70s at the position. So I was right on that. And he's played every game. It's not like he's been hurt. He just hasn't done anything. And finally, I was high on Christian Kirk. I had him. Uh, let me see. I had Christian Kirk as my wide receiver 26. And um, he's been falling off a little bit lately. But he was really good at the beginning of the season. And y'all had him in the 30s and 40s. So. I still had Kirk as a top twenty six option at wide receiver twenty six. Yeah, that's but, probably my biggest miss. I yeah. had him at
2: forty five. I was the lowest on Christian Kirk, and he's yeah, I'm sorry, Christian Kirk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> with the hits come the misses though. So Bel walks through where you've got it wrong.
1: Alright, we're gonna talk about some tight ends with my misses. Hopefully um, Fantasy
0: Receipts doesn't listen to this.
1: Yeah. We're not cool enough for them yet. But uh <laughs> so we got Kyle Pitts at tight end three, which I think was a very, very popular opinion. Um, I was against drafting him before the season and then watched a little bit of preseason. He had one huge play for Mariota. And then it got me thinking like, oh, man, this guy is so good. Maybe I was wrong about Mariota. Maybe he could support um, fantasy production from Kyle Pitts. And we have seen that is not the case. Um, He had that one touchdown Um, I think that was his biggest week by far, and uh, I don't have a good outlook for the rest of his year. So he's currently the tight end 22, and I had him at tight end three. The next one, I kind of want to cop out, so I'm going to ask you guys' opinion on. So I had Dalton Schultz as my tight end four. In week one, he was very, very good with Dak. Um, We saw some of the reasons why he would be so important to the offense, get so many targets. Um, he looked impressive. Then you lose Dak and you get a PCL injury and the PCL injury is an injury where you don't need surgery, but it's going to impact your athleticism majorly the way that you move. And um, between Cooper Rush being the quarterback, him being injured, um, being in and out of the lineup, it's, I'm having a tough time kind of like uh, being like, you were totally wrong about Dalton Schultz, just given the circumstances, yep. Take a little bit of responsibility, maybe not full.
2: I'll give you a free pass. I feel like, uh, like I had, I had a uh, uh, Montgomery as like a guy that I was right about being too low on, but like he did miss one game and he's mm-hmm. already thirty. Like I can't really take full credit for that. And uh, yeah, I feel like his situation has changed with the quarterback, and he's been hurt. So yeah, totally give you a free pass, Joe.
1: Mm-hmm. Not I appreciate for that. Hits, what about what about the meaner <laughs> of the two? Oh, Mr. what you birthday boy over there?
0: Oh, I'm the meaner of the two? I don't know. Oh, man. Uh, I give you a pass on Schultz. That's fine. I take it back. I don't give you a pass on Saquon Barkley, RB19, though. All right,
1: so we're going to that next. All right, so <laughs> Saquon Barkley I had as the RB19. He's the RB3. Uh, he's looked phenomenal. I was thinking that he wouldn't get back to that 2018 form. I thought the Giants were going to be a dumpster fire, even with better coaching and better management. They are currently 5-1. and one. And Saquon Barkley looks awesome. And I was very, very wrong. And this one's probably even worse. I had Russell Wilson as the QB five, let's ride before the season. And his touchdown to interception ratio is five to three. He's a QB 16. He has been dreadful. I can't watch him on Amazon Prime anymore. If they make us do that one more time, I'm never going to watch football again. And uh, yeah, I'm very sorry about having Russell Wilson as my QB5, and I'm happy that I only have him in Dynasty.
0: I traded for him.
1: I did. <laughs> well, I traded Derek Carr, and Derek Carr is even worse.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, okay. I mean, we don't want to get too far in the weeds. I'm like, where we <laughs> had these people? It's week six, for God's sake. But Mason, who have you missed on?
2: I definitely owe Saquon Barkley, an apology, because I was also really low on him as well. Um, I'd say my biggest one, Uh, It was probably Tyreek having him at 16, like I talked about, and he's wide receiver four. Uh, I am going to ask for a free pass for DeAndre Swift, who was RB3 and RB4 in the first two weeks and then got hurt. Um, I had him really high, the highest out of everybody. Um, But my, my two probably big running back misses were Akers and Dobbins, who are both doing nothing. And I did assume Dobbins would be back to start week one, but... Yeah, that Cam Baker's RB 17 that I had him is – I'm sorry, folks. <laughs> yeah. It happens.
0: But, I mean, that's I had guy. DJ – here's my here's my misses. Yeah. I'll take the L on these uh, wide receivers. DJ Moore, wide receiver 11. Deontay Johnson, wide receiver 12. And, uh, my I mean, my reasoning was the volume. And, unfortunately, they just don't score any touchdowns. And, I mean, that's always been the case for DJ Moore, but I was hopeful that Baker would – Give him some more value that hasn't come to pass. Deontay, he's still getting volume. He's getting like ten targets a game, at least he was at one point. Um, but he just he hasn't even scored enough to warrant that that draft pick. And then uh, the other ones at quarterback, I had Hurts down at QB seven. He's been higher than that. I uh, had him behind Brady. And then uh, I was at Antonio Gibson, Truther at RB fourteen. I still believe in his talent. I think that the situation is. Dumb. I think he's better than Brian Robinson. I'm a Brian Robinson hater. Like, I'm sorry you got shot. I'm really happy that you got better. Oh, man. But, like, Antonio Gibson is better. Agreed. And I will die on that hill. I agree, too.
1: Why does he have to fumble so much? Why? But
0: has he fumbled this season? Give him a chance to fumble.
1: I know. (laughs) Ron's done. Ron's given up.
0: All right. All right, so those were our hits and misses through week six. Now, let's talk about our matchups of the week. Uh, I'll go first this time. I've got Seattle and the Chargers. I feel like it's a pretty obvious one, but um, both disappointing the last week. They had high offensive expectations. Neither of them fulfilled those expectations. Herbert didn't do well. The Seattle offense didn't do very well outside of Ken Walker. Um, But this week, they have the highest over-under. The Seahawks and the Chargers do at 51 points. Uh, Chargers as of yesterday were favored by six and a half which gives them an implied total of 28.75 to 22.25 if you're not used to implied totals yes I know that you can't have decimal point scoring but that's just the way Vegas does it Uh, so you're looking at about 29 points expected for the Chargers offense Uh, if they score all touchdowns you're looking at about four touchdowns to spread around that that offense that's what you want to see so guys like Eckler should eat Uh, if Keenan Allen comes back, which, honestly, I don't think he's going to. He could do well. Mike Williams should score a touchdown, hopefully. Um, Everett, potentially. Like, all these guys should be due for bounce backs as well as Metcalf and Lockett on the other side of the field. Uh, For me, I think, like, DK Metcalf is the start of the week for me. Uh, I don't know how many guys you'll have better than him anyway that you wouldn't be starting him, especially with the bye weeks. However, I am confident putting him in my lineup, even though he had a disappointing week last week. Geno's going to target him. they got to throw the ball against the Chargers. And so I'm confident that Metcalf is going to bounce back to form. And then uh, some of the big questions, is Keenan going to return? Eileen, no. How will he look if he does come back? Eileen, he's going to be limited. Uh, and then the last thing is, is Ken Walker legit? I think he is. Is the dominance going to continue? I don't think he's going to have 18 points a game every week. However, this is a game that I think he still continues to put up good numbers, especially if he's getting that large amount of the workload. I like it. So I took the easy one, so sorry to everyone else, and uh, Belden is going to talk about his matchup of the week.
1: I think I took the uh, second easiest one, because I think uh, the 49 over-under is the uh, second highest of all games, but I did Dallas versus Detroit. Um, Detroit is the 31st worst against the Rush, so I'm saying you could fire up Zeke and I'm saying you could fire up Pollard. Uh, This feels like a game where Zeke's going to get enough volume to have a pretty decent game. Hopefully he gets a score. And then Pollard, this feels like a game where he could break free for an 80-yard touchdown like he loves to do. Um, We got Dak coming back. Uh, Maybe he was good enough, healthy enough, I should say, to come back last week. But I would not want to go up against that Philadelphia defense either. Um, this week, he gets a much better matchup against Detroit's defense, which has been absolute Swiss cheese. Uh, you're looking at CeeDee Lamb, Gallup, Schultz, Noah Brown. Uh, for CeeDee, Gallup, and Schultz, I think this is going to be a lot better um, than when Cooper Rush was there. For Noah Brown, I think it might honestly be a little bit worse because I think the other guys are going to start getting more targets. And that preseason connection we saw with Cooper Rush and Noah Brown's not going to be there anymore. So. I'm a little bit nervous that Noah Brown's not going to be fantasy relevant moving forward. Um, It's a tough matchup for Goff. He's not really a streamer that I'm looking into, but even though they're good against the quarterback, they're just a middle of the pack defense versus wide receivers. So someone like Amon Ra, you're definitely firing it up. And uh, with Josh Reynolds, if you're struggling with the bye week, um, he's somebody that you could put in the flex spot for sure. It's a tough matchup for Hawk, but honestly a tight end, I don't know how you're going to have much better, but uh, they're the fir- fifth worst matchup against tight ends. And then for Swift and Jamal Williams, I'm really just curious what the split's going to look like. Uh, Jamal filled in pretty well for Swift while he was out. Um, he's had a bunch of touchdowns, but I'd be starting DeAndre Swift in his return. And I would be sitting Jamal Williams because if you're starting him, you're really just hoping for a touchdown and, uh, I, th- I think he's a touchdown-reliant start with uh, us this week. So that's about all I got. I don't
0: know what happened with your audio there, but it just blasted my eardrums. Oh, uh, did it? Yeah. I was wondering um, what
1: happened. I looked over at your face, and I was like, oh, <laughs> man, like, <laughs> something happened.
0: All right. Uh, that Yeah, I agree with all those points. Um, my only thing is I might start Jamal Williams still, to be honest. He's getting a lot of snaps, snaps with uh, Swift also. So yeah. It's just he a should, be, he should be a safe me. floor, but maybe not the ceiling that you want that he has been produ- producing when he was healthy.
1: You would do it against a Dallas defense? Because I, I the, the thinking yeah, I mean, on that I agree maybe. with. It's just the matchup for me that might sway me towards benching him.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you're going to have much better. But if you do, then Jamal Williams, I would lean like – I mean, if you were able to get Ken Walker off waivers, definitely start him over Jamal Williams. But Absolutely. running back is such a mess right now. And uh I mean, you don't have Dalvin Cook this week. You don't have the Eagles running backs, Miles Sanders is on by. Uh I mean Singletary's on by. Like the Rams, if you had Daryl Henderson, he's on by. Like all these guys are on by that have been in lineups. And so Jamal Williams, he might be the I wouldn't I wouldn't find a way to bench him if he has to be in their lineup. All
2: right. My matchup of the week. Surprise, surprise. Derek went with the top scoring over under. Joe went with the second highest. I'm going with the third highest. It's SF in Kansas City. Uh, you know, obviously, you fire up all your Kansas City guys, they're Kansas City, but San Francisco's defense is top five against all four positions quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end. So Kansas City's going to have their hands full. It's going to be a tough matchup, especially with Nick Bosa projected to be back. Also, Trent Williams practiced this week from a high ankle sprain he suffered earlier in the season. So I'm expecting him to get uh, suited up for the game as well. So the Niners are going to be healthy. And the Chiefs are basically giving up the top receiver. Uh, they're just letting the number one receiver on every team just torch them every week. So uh, I'd expect Debo to have a good game. Uh, Jimmy G in two quarterback leagues, I think you have an edge if he's your your QB, QB two. Uh, I think he's going to have a top 15 week this week. Uh, but other than that, should be a high scoring game. Should be a lot of fantasy points. I
1: like it, but, uh, I, I would be nervous about starting CEH. I know Derek was getting to it earlier. Um, and I I've been very down on him before the year and kind of hating how many touchdowns he's had this season <laughs> to support fantasy production. Yeah, but, it's been pretty,
2: uh, pretty impressive, huh? Just barely getting any touches and scoring all these touchdowns. So
1: good for him, honestly. But, uh, yeah, no, he, he's a player I'd be iffy with. And then any receiver on the Chiefs that's not, like Juju, I'd be fine with. But, like, you know, like your McColl Hardman, MBS, uh Sky Moore types, I'd probably leave him on the bench unless, like, maybe you want to take a risk on McColl if, uh, if you need it because of bye weeks. Yeah,
2: that's some good input, Joe.
0: All righty. Gracias. Let's talk Dynasty. My first question for y'all. What is Najee worth now? <laughs> Straight up.
2: You like ham sandwich or turkey sandwich more? <laughs> what's what's funny is I right before this this show, I actually in a rebuild team, I acquired Najee and then I immediately flipped him. Like nice. Not even intended to, but like sometimes I've noticed like when you when a trade goes down a week, you're kind of like, "Huh, I want that guy. I'm going to go send out a trade offer and then he gets moved right away." uh but i actually sent derrick henry for Najee straight up uh because my and i got i think like five years younger i think at running back but then i flipped him it's super flex league i flipped him for elijah mitchell elijah moore joe (laughs) um a second and a third and i threw in donovan people's jones too so i was okay with getting some picks for uh for Najee. um just because I need to, I need to rebuild, and uh, the more rookie picks, uh, the better for me. Plus, Derrick Henry and Najee not being on my team, based on our uh, league format. You know, if you trade away your good players, your your draft pick goes up higher because it goes off your your points for. So, okay. um, also kind of like our league, same thing. Um, so, just trying to get get my draft pick higher too. Is that I like, a,
0: like it. it's not? It's not our our league's not standings it is for
2: if you miss the playoffs okay the top 6 picks are determined by max points for lowest so like whoever the real worst team is not based on like who you played it's like whoever your lowest max points for that's that gets the top pick and then it goes in order based on who missed the playoffs
0: is that does that include bench
2: yeah so like if you had like If you basically, it basically gets rid of tanking. So you can't,
0: you can't just load your lineup with absolutely awful guys. Yeah. On purpose.
2: Exactly. Like, okay. You you want to miss the playoffs if you're rebuilding, like no one wants to miss the playoffs. Right. But like, if you're at a point where it's like, all right, like you have a question that we might get to next. Like, how do you know when to cut bait and become a seller? Right. Like if I know I can't make the playoffs, I'm trading my guys that I know are going to be worth less next year.
0: Yeah. I think like three weeks ago, I traded Naji for first in a sixteen-team dynasty, and uh, I'm pretty ecstatic about what I got back at this point because it yeah. should be a pretty good pick. Because it wasn't the, the person who got Naji from me; it was someone else's first round pick that should be like towards the bottom. So that's cool. I mean, Naji was the one hundred and one in rookie drafts last year. Does it feel like last year to you? No, <laughs> no. Yeah, it he feels was so like good. Yeah, His rookie year too. Yeah, but he was inefficient. And so, I mean, he's still inefficient. Maybe they figure it out, but I mean, it doesn't seem like that team's getting any more efficient anytime soon. I think that his
1: foot's bothering him more than leading on. Like, in terms of dynasty, like, if I could get him as a value, I would actually be pretty fine with it, just getting a a young running back. I don't think that he's. But he's he's not not that
2: young.
0: That's the problem for me.
1: Was he 23? 24. He's the same age as Josh Jacobs, actually.
0: Yeah. Like I mean, a guy like Cam A what is Cam Akers, like twenty two still? Like he's yeah, he's like three years. Well, he's forty three
1: in Achilles years. Cam Acres. Yeah, huh.
0: whatever. <laughs> I offered a third for Cam Akers to Joe, and he just said, "Yeah." He said uh, I'd rather just hold him, and I was like, "You coward!" <laughs> uh, yeah, all yeah, right, this is but anyway, that's a good segue because cool. my next question is, what is Cam Akers worth in his, um, like? what is it called? Purgatory of status.
2: Yeah. Well, Derek offered me a third. Honestly, that's his value. I would not pay a second for him, but do I want to trade acres for a third? I'd rather just let him crash and burn and go to zero value than give him a Maybe he'll get traded. Honestly, he's probably going to end up staying with the Rams. Although I would love to see a CMC acres swap. Wouldn't you guys? Mm-hmm. I think that makes perfect sense for both teams. Like mm-hmm. Panthers get out of CMC's contract, mm-hmm
0: contractually and can they do that the Rams I feel like just spent I don't even know how the Rams find money
2: I don't know either but the way trading works at least from my understanding is when you trade a guy the dead cap is incurred that year by the team that trades them away and then they wouldn't be on the on the on the hook for his salary this year like it'd be like I think I forget how much they would pay him but it would be his annual salary minus like the dead cap that the Panthers would owe him. So it wouldn't be like a lot. But if they opt into his contract after this year, then yeah, they're on the hook for like the rest of it. There might be a dead cap hit next year if they don't, if they opt out of his contract. If the I mean, they just
0: gave a bunch of money to Stafford too. They did. But yeah, they, they do that like Robinson. the bonus, they convert it to bonuses and it doesn't impact yeah. the cap for much. I don't even, mm-hmm. it's beyond I've my think, I've been thinking about,
1: uh, what about Kareem Hunt? To the Rams. Yeah. With him being a free agent next year, probably a little unhappy with his workload so I far this season. I know he wasn't happy before the season.
2: Yeah, they said they're not trading them, but I think they're – because they don't have their pick, right? They traded away. To, to the value. Watson? Yeah, to Houston. So I yeah. just don't know.
0: Yeah, there's no, there's no incentive for them to get worse because yeah. they can't get better picks, but they could get a pick back for him. But it won't be a first. It'll probably be like a fourth or something for a guy on an expiring contract at running back. Who knows? At that
2: point, might as well just hold them, right? I mean, they're going to need both running backs to make the playoffs if they still want to do that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All right. Question, though, next question. How do we know when to cut bait and become a seller? And the reason I ask this, I'm going to throw it to Mason because he put a bunch of trades that he made on Twitter and it seems like you just fire sold everyone that had any value. Yeah. How did you decide to do that? So this league
2: was a, it's a super flex 12 team, but we did a two point tight end premium. So it wasn't like a one and a half point. Uh, like we usually hear ours are two points. So tight ends are super valuable um, in that league. And my team started one and nine and Just to read you some guys I had on my team, I was super stoked about them. I had Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Tua were my three main quarterbacks. Also had Mac Jones, so felt really good about those. I had Swift, Javante Williams, James Conner. My tight end was um, Waller. And then I was really deep at receiver, had like Gabe Davis, um, Hopkins, T Higgins, just a bunch of like really good players. I was super stoked. He was one of my best teams, and just really unlucky. We have league median. I started one and nine, so I looked at my team and I was like, even if I win out, it'll be a f- couple weeks left to the playoffs, and I will barely be at five hundred. Like, I don't think I'm going to make the playoffs with this. With uh, even if I just go, my team goes off, and so. I decided to throw some guys on the block and, and there's probably three or four teams that are really good in that league and they were all have their draft picks still. So they were interested in uh, making some deals. So I loaded up on some draft picks, loaded up on some uh, 23 seconds and got, I think I own half the 24 first class now. And I kept some of my core guys like T Higgins, Javante Williams, um, still got like Aaron Rodgers, to a, Mac Jones, still got Russ. So I still feel good about my team next year and the year after. Um, I'm just going to have a lot of draft capital that I can improve my team on uh, for the next couple of years.
0: I got nothing to add because I'm still – I don't even know the answer to the question I asked. <laughs> so, I i mean, I'm just stealing information from Mason at this point. Yeah,
2: Mason's a robot. I'm <laughs> what, I, what I will say is you don't have to do it all at once, right? Like yeah. you don't have to go blow up. Like I did this over probably like a two week period and I started to uh, like share them all at once on Twitter, but definitely you don't need to do it all at once. You will get more for your guys before the trade deadline, but also some of these older guys like James Connor, I wanted to offload him because what if he gets hurt again when he comes back? DeAndre Hopkins, I trade him. I got a 24 first, a third and a fourth hopefully big Mike's listen to this. Cause I probably would have taken him, take it for a second. Right. Like, you know, I just, you, Hopkins is probably going to ball out tonight and I hope he does, but I wanted to get something for the guys before they potentially could get injured or, mm-hmm. you know, get hurt. Like it's look at, we just talked about Najee. Look at how yeah. much his value has changed in a year. Right. Um, or even just a few weeks. Cause he was a top five dynasty running back before the season started. And now he's what, is he in the top twelve? I don't know.
0: Like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not. There's no good. There's no good feelings about Najee right now. There's yep. not really anything to feel optimistic about. Um, I mean, he hasn't cracked the top twelve at any point this season. He's been an RB two, three times, an RB three once, and then two other weeks he hasn't even. Like I had said earlier, he was outside the top thirty six at running back for for week four and five. And it's like an accomplishment to do that because there's not a lot of good running backs that's, I mean, he had 7.4 and 5.1 half PPR points uh, in four and five. And that's just like so bad (laughs) for a guy who, I mean, he is a bell cow. He gets the majority of the work. And if he's not like getting enough to even be in the top 36 as the main guy, you can't feel good about him moving forward.
1: I was actually, I was really happy to hear uh, Mason explain that further because it was kind of the thinking I had. I traded Aaron Jones in our league for a first and I was just looking into it and I was just like, this guy's going to be 28 in December. What if he, he tends to get hurt second half of the year. If he goes down with an injury, misses the, the fantasy playoffs, which I would need him most for. And then next season, he's going to be turning 29. What, you know, like the 27 H cliff is typical for running backs is. It gets it gets really scary once you get at like that twenty seven age for running backs. What is it for? Uh, it's like thirty one or so for wide receiver. Thirty thirty one.
2: Um, yeah, they peak at usually like thirty is their is their cliff. Uh, twenty seven yeah. is like their prime year for. You receivers. watch
1: these guys play, you think they're gonna last forever. You know they 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 look awesome, and then all of a sudden they don't. So uh, yeah, I, I condone you for that fire sale. Very very interesting to listen to. And, yeah, uh, a lot to learn from it.
2: Uh, yeah, like there's say, no
0: shot I would get a uh, first for Najee if I had had him yeah. still three weeks later.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, running back values fluctuate the most. Um, those are just yeah, and they're at the risk of also potentially getting hurt uh, more so than the other positions. But if you're ever curious, feel free to hit me up on Twitter. You can slide into the, slide into those DMs. Uh, the go. calculators are good for like if you're just not sure, right? like to get a guy's value that you're trying to trade. Um, the only thing I'll say is trade calculators are just somebody else's opinion of a player's value. So it's good to have your own.
0: Plus I would add that uh trade calculators typically va- overvalue draft picks because I mean, draft picks are so un- such unknowns because you could say like, Oh, early 23 first. And that sounds so exciting. But even when you're putting that into the trade calculator, you don't even know where that, uh, first round is gonna fall, um, especially like make sure you check your league settings because I learned something. I plan on making the playoffs, but uh, if I don't, then I I don't even have a first, so it's whatever. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'm, I'm trying. I'm five and seven. Uh, I got other other players first, though, but I'm uh, I'm still trying to make playoffs.
0: I don't I'm remember. trying to
2: win and trying to have a lot of draft
1: picks, so uh, I don't really know what direction I'm going in. Best of both worlds. But we're having fun.
0: <clears throat> I'm just stockpiling fourths because uh, I'm just going to get all those value guys.
1: Get that Damian Pierce before he becomes Damian Pierce. Yeah, right,
0: exactly. All righty, just close out the show. I just want to talk about some rookie value in Dynasty that's up and down. Uh, just talk about it briefly. Just mention it. Uh, you can jump in, Joe and Joe. Uh, Brees, obviously up. Alec Pierce is up. Tyquan mm-hmm. Thornton, we didn't talk about him on this episode yet, but he had two touchdowns. Didn't really play too many snaps, but when he was on the field, they were getting him involved. Didn't really love that for my Jacoby Meyer shares. Uh, But Taequann Thornton, somebody to watch. Um, Ken Walker, obviously, stock up. Bailey Zappi, he might get – I mean, actually, all indications are that Mac Jones is going to come back and have that job. But he played well enough to maybe he becomes the Jacoby Bursett, Jimmy Garoppolo guy in New England where Mm -hmm. he gets a job somewhere else um, sooner rather than later. Or he could Tom
1: Brady.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> who knows? I don't know about that. I don't know if anybody is Tom Brady except Tom Brady. And then uh, Daniel Bellinger playing a lot of snaps for the Giants, getting a lot of targets, um, and doing really well because tight end is shallow, and he's been impressive. Any uh, thoughts guy, on those guys?
2: Yeah, another guy I want to throw in the hat, uh, K. Dalton, who uh, tight end for the sure. Buccaneers. Um, I think we had... The starter, Cameron Brake, got hurt again with another head injury last week. And Auden seemed like when he got to start the week that Brake missed, Brady seemed to really like him and trust him. And he's a good – looks like he's a good route runner getting open, a nice big-bodied tight end for for Brady. So he's on the radar this week also as like a weekend waiver add maybe for if you need a tight end to start.
1: I'd add
0: uh, Greg Dolcich to that too. Mm -hmm. Dolcich.
1: I was going to say Greg Dolcich, Daniel Bellinger is up. And then also, uh, I want you guys not to forget about Trey McBride. Uh, he was the first overall taken tight end this year. Um, comparisons to like a Ertz, George Kittle hybrid where he's athletic, but he has like good hands. Not, I don't even know where I'm going with the comparison between those two because they're very different players, but <laughs> that's kind of how I see it. And uh, he's been playing behind Ertz, but when Ertz time is over, I think McBride is going to be a really great player, so – If people are getting a little nervous, like why isn't this guy doing anything? It's year one and tight ends don't typically produce that early. He's somebody I would definitely be targeting in trades.
2: Yeah, tight ends and receivers usually take a few years. Usually they have like a year three prototypical breakout. So you gotta wait on them a little bit, just be patient.
0: And then finally, we got Garrett Wilson, but Isaiah Pacheco and Drake London. Their value is not really too far down, but they did take a hit in relation to the other guys that we mentioned. Garrett Wilson not really doing as much with uh, the return of Zach Wilson. Pacheco is like we can't really predict when he's on the field. At, at some point it seemed like oh he's going to get more work and then he's not and then he is and he's not. The guy runs like a, a bull in a china shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so, interesting.
2: Like he's just a handcuff pretty much right yeah. now. And if anything were to happen to the CEH or McKinnon, he would he would be interesting.
0: And then You guys yeah.
2: agree that uh with Pacheco if it doesn't
1: happen this year because we're talking about dynasty you would be pretty nervous for him moving forward because i feel like like he needs he needs that opportunity to become kareem hunt-esque and then he could go on and be kareem hunt with his career but if it's not happening this year i I get a little bit nervous about him next year yeah the tough
0: part for me is like you see these guys they're six round picks they look pretty good but i mean the the investment isn't there from a team perspective exactly and so unless you become the next austin eckler your likelihood of success long term is pretty low um so i mean he's always going to have to fight for his work it's never going to be handed to him and so like the guy looks good when he has the ball but Mm -hmm. um i don't think that i mean you probably didn't invest much in him he might have no. either been on your waivers in Dynasty, or you took him in like the third or fourth round in your draft. You already draft. know
1: there was people giving yeah. seconds for him, though. Yeah, as yeah. It yeah. started happening.
0: Oh, I actually traded for him in, in that sixteen teamer, but I just. You did. Nice. What did I do? Oh, I got Isaiah Pacheco and Caleb Huntley for Isaiah McKenzie. I was okay. like, deal. That's good.
2: <laughs> yeah, get some rookie depth. I like it.
0: All right, uh, and then finally, because Dra- McKenzie's like twenty-seven already. Yeah, Drake like, no. London. last guy he hit the ground running and he was like oh this guy's gonna be a beast he's really cooled off a bit and so his value is still super high long term in dynasty but i just wanted to acknowledge that he hasn't been uh continuing that production that you got from him in the beginning of the season Mm -hmm. any final thoughts our first thursday show we're excited for that that thursday night football game see Taysom hill put up 30 points
1: there you go (laughs) i've been the happiest guy in the world if that happens. But question, bodies.
0: though. I mean, this will be too late for the people listening, but this is for me right now. Taysom Hill tonight or TJ Hawkinson?
1: I'd go Taysom Hill because of the matchup.
0: That's, I mean. I'll that's gross. Me. It's gross. It's I'll my megaloball team, and I'm 4-8, and eight, so I well, kind of need a spark.
1: Was four points the floor, you think, for him that we saw uh, this past week? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, his floor is like
0: his floor is 30 yards rushing and no touchdowns. And that's kind of what that's what you got
1: in PPR. Maybe I go Hawk just to play a safe, but if it's It's 0.5 or standard, then I'm going, yeah, if it's half, I'd be going Taysom Hill and just risking it to get the biscuit.
0: Yeah, that's I mean, I have him in my tight end spot right now, and I actually consider it in Yahoo League. I've got Aaron Rodgers as my bye week fill in for Jalen Hurts, and I like. I almost put Taysom Hill in my quarterback spot for tonight because Aaron, Aaron Rodgers has, like, that thumb, the th- weird thumb injury he's gone yeah, through. He was back but at practice today. In we'll form. figure it out. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm not doing it, but I thought about it. I, I really thought about it.
1: I don't blame the temptation one bit.
0: Yeah. All righty. That's going to do it for the show. We'll see you next week on Thursday again, and uh, you'll probably be listening to it on Friday. But nonetheless, thank you for listening to the Almost Sunday Fantasy Football Podcast, and we will see you next week. Hopefully you get all those dubs.